like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. That matters to you. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. Uh, that was my fault. That's my co-host <laughs> talking today, and I was actually talking first, so... Anyway, welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. Um, I'm Heather, and today I'm joined by Aaron Ramsey, and um, I've known Aaron for a long time now. And actually, you were on the podcast in its first year. I don't know if you remember that, but we did talk then. I had to go back and look, and it was like one of the really early episodes, so um, people can go back and find you if they like this. But Aaron, tell people about yourself. What do you want them to know about you? Well, hi. I'm so glad to be here with you, Heather, and I'm just totally proud of all the work you're doing. Like, really bold advocating for children, so it makes me proud to be on here with you. Um, So I'm Erin. I've been in early childhood for 30 years now, and um, my most recent work, I've worked in all kinds of settings with all kinds of families and lots of children, but mostly in administration roles. Um, but the last few years, my big passion is really uh, my books and my speaking engagements and my retreats to empower those who are caring for children to care for themselves and um, as adults and the influence that we have on children and, and our colleagues and, and what are we bringing to the table in a way so that we can live in an inspired way rather than in mediocrity or negativity. Yeah, so um, I know you've got, do you have three books now that you've done or more? I know you have a workbook and some companion. No. Yeah, yeah, I have two books. The mm-hmm. first book I wrote a few years ago is really for, for women mostly, mm-hmm. um, and that's called Be Amazing, uh, Tools for Living Inspired. And that's really when we got connected last mm-hmm. time, Heather, I think. Mm-hmm. And then my second book, my more recent book, is called Inspired Work, Showing Up and Shining Bright. And that book is for lots of different kinds of organizations and companies, but it's dedicated to early childhood professionals. And it's six corners 
milestones or commitments people can make to show up and shine bright for their work mm-hmm. um, to positively influence other people. And I wrote that book and the companion um, with the idea that child care centers uh, would use it as a book club. And so, um, and they could talk about hard things but in a really loving and productive way and so I'm really happy to say that tons of centers and huge programs actually are starting their school year this year with it as um, a really good way to help rise each other up yeah I so the be amazing book um, I I loved I've read I've given as a gift and we did a book club here in Lafayette um, you may remember we called ourselves the authentic monkeys and I don't even remember how that really got started but but that was our book club name um and the inspired work I just got a couple months ago so um so I've I've really found it to be meaningful and so thank you for that and thank you for being on today on the show um the quote that we're going to start with today actually comes from the be amazing book and it says um basically we make up stories and begin believing them without evidence my theory is if we're going to make up stuff, we should at least make up good stuff. So can I, can I ask you to put that into some context and then we can go forward with unpacking it for people who work with children? Yeah. So really, you know, as I've progressed through my career and my life as a mom and a, um, and a, a wife and a friend, I started to realize that so many times when there's a conflict or something negative happens, we create this whole big dramatic story around things. But so many times it's not even really the reality. We're just looking at it from our point of reference or we're in a reactive mode because we're under a lot of stress. And so one of the stories I talk about in the book, but also talk about a lot of my speaking engagements is that I actually have a big PowerPoint of it saying like, it's a bumper sticker says I'm speeding because I have to poop. It's actually very, do you, I'm sure you yeah, remember that yeah. one because you're one that would crack up yes, about that, yes. right? Always so up for a good point, poop reference. Though, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Who is another, right. you know, we're early childhood peeps. Um, but really what it goes back to and how I kind of put it into context in real life and then we could dig a little deeper and what does it mean working with children and families, but you know, like if you get cut off on the road, I always say like, oh, they're in labor or their mom's in labor or their dad or not their dad's in labor, but they're going to their daughter's labor. Something to do, possibly, who knows, yeah, but yeah. Uh, that it really it was it's something to do with a baby coming mm-hmm. and to help me reframe being cut off on the road. And then my husband always says, well, they're getting ready to poop their pants. You know, who doesn't <laughs> sympathize with that? Both right? How many times relatable. have we like... Yeah, everybody out of the way. I'm not going to do this in my car, right? But And, and we could laugh about it because yeah. it is funny. These stories that we make up are funny. And if you don't have those point of references to reframe your reactions or your responses, then it's like, oh, my gosh, that person tried to kill me. Then you're flipping the bird. You go home. You're out of breath. You're talking to everybody. And it's like all this bold energy is wasted mm-hmm. on something that doesn't need to be even in the picture in the realm of our lives because because the fact of the matter is if you got cut off and you turned your head and it was your mom or your best friend, you would have just said, oh, they didn't see me. Yeah. And more than likely, the person didn't see you. And even if there are jerk drivers, so what? You can't do anything about them. <laughs> so you, we got to choose to make up good things. Yeah. And um, I think that it's a game changer. Yeah, um, I do too. For, I mean, it's actually a gift to ourselves. Right. I think that's why it has stuck with me so much because um, – 
a big part of my personal evolution over the last 20 years has been to try and move away from being the person who took joy in being critical of other people or really fed my own ego by, um, you know, talking garbage about my coworkers or whatever. And, and I'm not perfect. I still can really get excited about a good bitch session, <laughs> but, but I'm trying to move away from that. And this has been a really helpful tool. Um, for me for that. So the first thing I thought of when I thought about having this conversation was when we do this with children in, in an area of behavior, usually it's, it's a child's behavior is driving us crazy. And so we call them manipulative or uh, disruptive or disrespectful. And what we're doing is making up a story about what we think is happening with that child and, and then feeling like garbage all day because our job was so hard because of all these negative things we we have attributed to children so um so so I do think that's one thing but when you and I were, were talking before we started recording you said that um you really were working or uh thinking about this in terms of the adults that we work with so we can kind of go in that direction so let me just start with a really vague kind of open question for you so um, specifically when we're working with families in our, in our early childhood programs, um, how, how could you see this being a useful tool for someone who's, who's working with, you know, maybe a difficult parent or someone we don't understand? Yeah. You know, the whole tool about making up good stuff and saving your bold energy for love is really, really important. And it's a good interjection when you're in that reactionary mode. But to dig a little deeper, it actually, and that's in joy, that's the choice of creating joy and how do we create more joy in our life is start making up good stuff and not bad stuff. But if we want to be really pretty serious about it and how we're working with children and families, it goes even deeper than just the tool of making up good stuff. It really comes down to being compassionate Mm -hmm. and remembering, which is another tool, that everybody has a story. And that everybody's story isn't your story and honoring your own so that you can honor somebody else's. So, And it also goes down to courage that it's scary to come out of our own point of reference and step back and think about, oh, this person has a story and behaviors have meaning. And how can I meet this person where they are without my story or my judgment or my you know knee-jerk reaction to something that triggers me, but that I could create space mm-hmm. for love. Because that's what everything comes down to, no matter what. Everything is either fear or love. And our job is to stay on the love side, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Especially, you know, I, I know I get hard on early childhood professionals. I'm one of them. But if there's anybody on the face of this earth that needs to stay on the love side, it's people who are working with children and families. Absolutely. And so let's say you have an angry mom or, or grandma grouchy dad or someone ranting and raving at you and I've seen them all I've worked (laughs) with all of them everybody's under tremendous amount of stress you know maybe the trigger is you know what what's some good here you know what's the story here what can I do to respond and not react Mm -hmm. Um, I think is really important and knowing that you know if you're raising kids or you work with kids you know it's tough and so if you have a parent that's rubbing you the wrong way it's really your responsibility to step back and approach it in a loving way with good boundaries, of course. Right. Um, because, again, I want to reiterate that it's a gift to yourself um, as a professional, but also as a person to approach things with compassion and good boundaries. Mm-hmm. 
So um, can you talk a little bit more about what you mean when you say it's a gift to ourselves to do these to, to do these kind of practices? Yeah, what I really believe, and it's, sometimes this is a hard pill to swallow and it takes a lot of time and reflection, is that how we see others is how we see ourselves. And so when we start getting snarky or judgmental, that we're actually putting that back on ourselves. But if we can go out with an open heart and an open mind, then we can give that to ourselves. So it's this whole reciprocal process. So if I start to feel judgmental or snarky, I'm like, oh, what's going on with me? Mm-hmm. Now, some people say, well, Aaron, that's just all excuses. These people aren't doing right by their kids or they're not paying their bills yeah. or they're this, this and that, you know, all these judgment things. And and those things are true and they're not excuses. But what we could do is approach it with love. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the goal. Right. And I, I think if if it's true, as you say, that everything is either fear or love, um, if, if we're really wanting to uh, you know, solve a problem or heal a relationship or start to build a relationship with someone, uh, you know, a family who's who's difficult for us to, to interact with, um, which are we more likely to really solve that problem with, the fear side or the love side? So then that forces us to think, okay, is my goal really solving the problem and building a relationship or is my goal to be right um, or is my goal to be funny, <laughs> as is the case with me sometimes? Um, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of introspection that I think w- when we say you're making up stories anyway, why not make it a good story rather than a bad story? That's a really simple way of taking a step towards that sort of deep introspective work that we need to do sometimes. Yeah, because it's all just having those tools on your tool belt. It's nobody's perfect, mm-hmm. right? But it's just having that something that you can in your mind or even physically reach for this is, oh, I can approach this in a different way because it's not working. Uh-huh. And one example I give, I don't know, um, I'll, I'll tell it briefly, but I was working in an inner city school and I was an administrator of the building and I had a grandma come in yelling and yelling and yelling and she's really angry. Well, most people who are in a stress reactionary mode in our field would say she can't act like in the school, she's got to leave, people can't be screaming and hooting and hollering in the school. From a place of love, what it looked like to me was this grandma really cares. And so this is my opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And so we got to know each other really well. And I said, you know, I can tell you care so much and I need you on my side to help your grandchildren, but to help this whole school. And we're in this together. You know, your passion is apparent. How can we get you to help us? And, you know, that was over time. And, of course, you have to, you know, get the a peaceful relationship going. And I'm not kidding. I'll never forget this. It was one of the highlights of my career. And Grandma did not have a lot of resources. And it was Valentine's Day. And she left all of the people, the staff of the, you know, the administrative staff in their mailboxes, these, like, chocolate-covered pretzels saying thank you. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, halfway through the school year. Uh-huh. So I wrote her a note back. And I said, thank you so much. It meant so much to have this and you know that your consideration I'm so glad you're part of our school and our work and you're contributing so much come to find out later that day it makes me cry now she was crying in the hallway said that she had never received a more beautiful stationery like a note card and a note ever in her whole life Mm -hmm. and so that's love Mm -hmm. you know it could have been the grandma who was banned from school or it could be the grandma who built an authentic relationship with people who really cared about her grandchildren. 
as much, not as much as she did. She right. obviously does more, but together we could do it together. And if, if, if I didn't have that, everybody has a story. And if I didn't start thinking of good things about her, then it would have never turned out that mm-hmm. way. Right. Which, you know, that's how you really help families. Right. And, and relieved some of your own stress along the way. Like that could have been a really contentious relationship all year long. Or it could have been the developing relationship that you're describing and, and which is easy, you know, which ultimately is a better place for us to be <laughs> um, regardless of, you know. Well, it's a gift to me. Mm-hmm, right. It goes, it goes back to the gift. It was a gift to me. Yeah. I, I mean, why am I talking about it now? Years later, <laughs> it was a gift yeah. of, of remembering my impact. You know, not only that it made my job easier and that I felt really purposeful and productive, but that I I could feel that love. Mm-hmm. And that's a gift to myself, mm-hmm. just like everybody who's working yeah. with children and families. Yeah. And we, we all come into this feeling like we want to make a difference for somebody. And um, those, <laughs> that difference making doesn't always come easily. Um, it, it takes some of the effort that you're describing, but it also, you know, who would have thought that a beautiful note card would have been had the impact on her that it did besides my husband who loves beautiful thank you cards. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, yeah. that just, well, you know, wait, I think it was, it, the note card was the, the, the physical manifestation of the connection. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So yes, maybe she never did have seen such beautiful stationery. And I do like to go to the discount stores yeah. and buy pretty cards. But <laughs> um, it was it was a manifestation of the human, it's human spirits being connected. Yeah. And that's really what early childhood is about at its best. Yeah. Is the connection. You know, everything comes to relationships. But if we're making up bad things about people mm-hmm. and we're judging people, we never get to that point of real connection. It's what we all want mm-hmm. so desperately. Now, not everybody's going to be our best friend, and there's always going to be people who rub us the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But save those times for those unique times because really 98, 99% of the people I meet, I can create a really good connection with, even if they appear difficult at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, so as I was listening to the story about that grandmother, it reminded me of a couple other quotes that I just want to throw out um, for people who, who maybe that would be valuable as they're reframing their thinking in this. And one is, um, I think it was from Jim Greenman and Ann Stonehouse, who, um, paraphrasing, said, you know, every child deserves to have at least one person who's crazy about them. And even though that grandmother was showing it in a difficult way, that's what she was showing us. So that's a story we can choose in those situations. And the other one is um, Holly Elisa, Elisa Bruno um, says, you know, we have to, we have to find new ways to define how much parents care. Um, So often what happens is they don't do the things that we want them to do. And so we assume that means they don't care um, when clearly that grandma cared or she wouldn't be expending the energy of coming to you and, and being loud and fighting for what she wanted for her grandchildren. Right, right. <laughs> Excuse me. So I think this can also translate into relationships with coworkers. Um, I was just talking with, um, actually it was one of my physical therapists yesterday, about how difficult, one of the hardest parts for me when I was a center director was um, the, the interpersonal stuff between staff. Um, staff who would get upset with each other, um, and come and talk to me about it, but maybe not be willing to talk to each other about it. And I think this shift could be a real game changer on that side of things too. 
um, you know, if we're the, the coworker is leaving stuff on the shelves and it's driving us crazy and we assume it's because they're lazy. What, what other story could we, could we consider that would help us build a relationship with that coworker? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, we, I could create all kinds of stories. Like one, she doesn't even notice it's there Two, Maybe she grew up in a different kind of home. I did three, you know, maybe clutter makes her comfortable. You know, it could be, it could be anything. And so again, it's, it's not hard to get in the habit of making up good things. It really goes back to kind of like expecting the best and giving the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. But it is even deeper than that when you can start to try to find the good. And sometimes you might just, for your, if you're in a really hard position, you might just have to make up your own stories in your head and never find out if they're true or not. Right. Like, yes, you, know, exactly. I mean, like, you could just say, oh, well, she's a slob. She likes it that way. I'm not fine. Whatever. Right. That's gross. You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, but she has a good heart. You know, then right, walk away. Right, right. But a lot of times, um, and this is in my new book, Inspired Work, there's a whole section on, which made me think of it when you gave that scenario, because most things come down to courageous communication versus cowardly communication. Ooh, talk about and that. unless you're ready to expect the best, yeah, uh-huh. and to give people the benefit of the doubt, but more importantly, to muster your own courage to ask a question or to say something's making you uncomfortable or tell somebody when your feelings are hurt, it's so much easier just to walk down the hall and talk to somebody else about it. But that's cowardly, mm-hmm. right? And as we practice this, we could in compassion way by making up good stuff and remembering everybody has a story, but getting to a really constructive part where you can build that good relationship, which will bring you the connectedness. And people who are using the tools say, Aaron, I have become so close to people that I never dreamed I could even like, right? Because we create these barriers And then as we start to listen to people and as we start to honestly and courageously communicate, we start to learn we're so much more alike than we are different. And all those little piddly stuffs about who didn't put the cots out or who cluttered up the (laughs) shelf or who never wants to clean the bathroom or wipe the kid or change the diaper or, you know, wipe the snot or tie the shoe, you know. And we can talk about all Mm -hmm. the stuff that can weigh us down all day long. But if we keep our focus there, you're never going to get over to the fun stuff. Life should be fun. Work should be fun. And Mm -hmm. you get to the fun stuff by moving over to the left side. But it does take a lot of courage. It takes compassion. And it takes a ton of tools because I know it's not easy. But all of us have choices and all of us can create new habits around our thought patterns. And so Mm -hmm. if we keep practicing before you know it, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm almost Pollyanna. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and work is better. Yeah, it's just as easy to make up good stuff as it is bad stuff. So make up the good stuff. Yeah, that's it. it really has been really. Uh, how many release can I throw in this sentence? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it it stuck with me clearly, and I, I almost daily, and usually it's in traffic um, that that comes to me. The poop thing. So the poop thing. Heather. The poop thing. Always yes. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but okay, back to the podcast. Uh, this this has been. I hope that people really um, have heard what you're what you're saying here because I think it can really be Im- immediately impactful. Like it's not one of those things that you have to. Okay, think about you go to a training and you want to implement something new at work, and so but you got to kind of think it through and figure out how it works and go through all this. You can start doing this. Is just you, yeah, going into work Monday morning and 
and and thinking about new ways to relate with each other and to be courageous and to be joyful. Yeah. So thank you. Um, uh, so if people want to know more about you or get in touch with you, how should they do that? What should they look for? Um, well, if you're on social media, I'm pretty active on Facebook and Instagram. Both are Aaron Ramsey Joy or my website's AaronRamsey.com. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to connect and I want to hear things. The one thing I want to end with as we start to talk about going back yeah. to work the next day is... It's one of my new favorite mantras, and I'm using it a lot in, in my life and in all my workshops. It's, it's this mantra, just let's experiment. You know, when you experiment, you have nothing to lose and everything to learn. And so just experiment with making up good stuff and see how it goes. It doesn't, you don't have, you could be lighthearted about it. It could be fun. It can be funny as long as it's not at somebody else's expense. Just right. experiment with a new way of thinking. Um, because life is short. Life is really short, and we should really be having a good time, uh, especially those that are working with children and families. Absolutely. Yeah, what better place to have a joyful life than surrounded by children and families? Right. <laughs> and other people who are taking right. joy in children and families. I think that's really great. All right. Well, thanks so much, Erin, uh, for being on again. Thank you, Heather. And for talking through, yeah. uh, talking through your ideas with us. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you again on another episode. Bye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.